0: Amen. I believe God's still going to do a great work. So, of course, we're starting, uh, well, we're continuing a series we started last week in our life groups called Holiness. And and I'm excited about this. Lesson two, today we're going to be talking about peace and holiness. Peace and... And holiness, we get that from Hebrews chapter twelve and verse fourteen. If you'd like to head there in your Bibles, Hebrews chapter twelve and verse fourteen. There's a there's just so much I feel like I, I need to say today. Again, in these lessons, I I may be specific from time to time but more so I'm wanting to present some principles of holiness that we can attempt to live by. Because again, I could never pull out a book that says all the things that we need to do in order to be holy, right? I couldn't bring out a list of rules. We don't have enough time tonight or any night to bring out a list of rules to be able to live holy as the Scripture says. That's why we talk about principles and we attempt to apply principles to our lives. All right, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14, it says, follow peace with all men and, everybody say and, holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So in other words, he just laid some very important instructions here. He's saying, without these two things, no man shall see the Lord. You're not going to make it to heaven without peace with all men, holiness. That's a pretty big statement right there. Hallelujah. And I think tonight it we owe this passage of Scripture some consideration. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to speak to us and minister to our hearts. Lord God, we thank you for what you've already done in this place. I thank you for your spirit that I feel in this house. Lord, I give myself to you. I ask you to use me as according to your will, not my own. Help me to say exactly what you want me to say. Help me to speak directly into the hearts and minds of your people tonight. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for what you're about to do, Lord. Hallelujah. I know, Lord God, you're about to do something great in this place. I ask you, Lord, to change somebody's life. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. I may Uh, be preaching on things that you've heard me the last couple years talk about. Uh, Hopefully, I'll be able to do it in a new, fresh way. But certainly, these are topics that must be revisited as often as we can, right? Especially if this scripture is correct, and these things are so important that it may hinder us from being the Lord, then certainly we should revisit it as often as we can. So this passage of Scripture, Hebrews 12, 14, it starts out with a very important word. It starts out with the word follow. Now in our uh, way of thinking, our language, our lingo, to follow something means to, again, follow behind something Uh, Almost like, you know, one person's walking, somebody's walking behind it. But in actuality, this word is not trying to denote that we need to follow, like just being on the heels of somebody, but rather it means to pursue. When it says follow, he's saying pursue peace with all men. Pursue holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Hallelujah. Today, when we go into this study, we got to recognize that this is a responsibility that you and I have. We have to pursue after these things. Praise God. It's not something that we just sit back and say, okay, it'll come to me when it's when it's ready, right? We don't sit back and say, well, we'll see. Maybe today I'll be holy. Maybe today I'll have peace with my brother, Maybe today, you know, I'll, I'll get over my issues. No, he says pursue it. Uh, praise God. I don't know about you, but I'm not yet perfect. Uh, praise God. And I don't think that you're perfect either. That means we all in this place have to decide in our heart and our mind, I got to pursue holiness. Uh, I got to pursue peace. Uh, and I can't stop until I get it. Uh, amen. And this isn't the only time the Bible says this. In fact, Psalms 34:14, "Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Praise God." We're talking about being whole. For the Lord and giving all of our lives to God, being holy before God. Let me tell you something. We're not going to get there unless we decide to pursue after it, to go after it. That requires me to pray, to seek the face of God. That requires me to get to the Bible, to read, to study. That requires me to have a man of God in my. tell me exactly what the Bible says. Hallelujah. That means I have to actually pray. Make an attempt to, to do it. Nobody accidentally becomes holy. No, but we must intentionally become holy. I looked up that word pursue on dictionary and it came up with this pursue to fake capture or kill. <laughs> I thought that was kind of dramatic. That that actually doesn't have anything to do with my lesson. That just I th- I thought that escalated quickly, right? Hallelujah! So I thought, well, that let me let me move on from there. And I actually looked it up in the Blue Letter Bible to see what that said. This is what that said: pursue to press. Not so. This is the actual Greek word used in Hebrews chapter twelve. It says to press on. Figuratively of one who in a race runs swiftly to reach the goal. Saying, Listen, I gotta first of all, I gotta press on. And I know that the devil comes and he tempts you, and this thing comes and it tempts you and another thing. It seems like every time I get myself situated, my life changes. Now I gotta get myself situated again. He says, just press on, hallelujah. Push through the temptation. Push through the sin. Push through the struggle. Hallelujah. Because it's worth it. Even when you're struggling, press on. Somebody shout and say, I need to press on. And then he says, figuratively, of one who in a race runs swiftly to reach the goal. I believe what he's trying to communicate is that we must pursue We must chase after. We must race in order to acquire peace and holiness because, listen to me, one day this race will be over. One day we'll reach the finish line. And if we haven't caught a hold of holiness and peace, then we shall not see the Lord. I know this is direct preaching, but give me just a minute. We need this teaching because we got to be reminded that this is a race and we got to pursue after holiness and peace in order to see the Lord. Oh, would you clap your hands to the Lord right now? Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Praise the Lord. Like a person in a race chasing after. Holiness just coming. Holiness sidestepping. <laughs> Come on, anybody else can recognize the struggle? Didn't Paul time, I think I'm doing good and, and make up my mind to do something. The flesh flares its ugly head back up. Praise God, this is a never-ending pursuit, but oh man, we better do it quickly. We have no time to sit around and wait. Uh, praise God, because even if we are struggling and fighting through it, listen, everybody struggles and fights through it. Uh, I don't care how long you've been in church. Everybody fights temptation. Everybody struggles with sin. Oh, but together we know we will be victorious. We will get a hold of holiness. We can reach a life of peace and holiness in the presence of God. Let me assure you, brothers and sisters, if you will pursue with all of your heart, chase after, race after, holiness, and peace, you absolutely will find it. You'll get there. And once you got a hold of it, don't let go because it's going to pull itself away from you. And then you're going to have to chase it again and that's all right. You know what? We have to chase it over and over and over again. Oh, but we got to just learn how to hold on to holiness and peace because one day Jesus is coming back uh, and I want to see him. Anybody else want to see him today? And this passage of scripture talks about this topic and and again kind of an introductory to this idea of holiness, we need to talk about Matthew chapter 22 and verse 35. Again, I've preached on this many times the last couple of years, but we see this story of a lawyer attempting to trick Jesus by asking him, which is the great commandment? What is the greatest commandment? commandment. We see it in Matthew chapter 22, verse 35 through 36. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Now this is very important situation because it makes sure to pinpoint that he is a lawyer. Now, he's not a lawyer in the way that you or I would consider a lawyer. In that day, that term would be to people who were expert expounders of the Old Testament law. They spent their life studying the Torah. It's equivalent to somebody today who would have a doctorate in theology, So this is not just somebody you want to trifle with or mix words with. Let's just say that. But, of course, you know Jesus, he was ultimately led by the Spirit. Jesus, who knew all things, he was not going to fall for the tricks of this man. He was smart enough to where he knew this was a hot topic, one that was greatly this debated in that time in fact it is likely he himself had debated this question quite often in those days this question what is the great greatest commandment in the law was one that they fought over everybody had their own opinions everybody had their own thoughts but even the question itself was wrong. That's why Jesus didn't even attempt to try to answer his question in the way that he put it. It's because Jesus recognized the question itself is wrong. And sometimes we look at it that way. I'm, I might need, I might need some help here. You see, but sometimes we look at it in that way we look at it like sin has a hierarchy right that's exactly what they were their mindset was by placing the commandments into a hierarchy of importance they could prioritize their holiness Instead of recognizing, well, you know, all this is bad, they can say, well, look, I'm not a murderer, right? They say, look, there's a, a a priority here. As long as I can, you know, where's the limit? As long as I can stay away from this one, maybe the adultery Maybe if I, I stayed away from murder and adultery, lying and stealing, well, that's that's not that big a deal. Come on, have you ever thought it, said it, or heard it? Well, at least I didn't do this. Well, at least I'm not that. Well, I know I sinned, but at least I didn't murder anybody. <laughs> Come on, I... Uh, Hallelujah, I know maybe for you, you've not been asked that question. I've been told that a lot as a pastor. Well, pastor, it's not like I, I hurt anyone. I didn't do something that's major. Hallelujah, that's what they were doing. They were putting a hierarchy on sin. But let me tell you, we can't prioritize our sins above another sin. We look at somebody and we say, well, look at that person. Look at what they did. All the while knowing we got sin in our lives. And we're struggling with this and we're struggling with that. Now, I'm not saying we can't pinpoint sin in order to eradicate it and get it out of our lives, but I'm saying sometimes we look at other people and we, we judge them knowing all the while that we need to be judged. That's why Jesus said, pull the, the, what was it? Pull the rod out of your own eye. Look at yourself. Recognize, oh, well, maybe you're not a murderer, but hallelujah. Sin can't be prioritized. Sin is sin. Amen. We can recognize that in society, murder probably looked down upon more than lying, right, or stealing. But society may think it's more acceptable. Society may look at that and say, well, at least he's not a murderer. But can I tell you that God is not a respecter of sin? Just as he's not a respecter of person, he's not a respecter of sin. In fact, the Bible tells us that all sin requires the same payment. Anybody know what that payment is? Not that one. For the wages of sin is Death. That means it doesn't matter how high in sin you are or how low in sin you are. He says the same wages or punishment is for all of it. That means today if I am nothing but a liar, well, the Bible says all liars have their place in the the gates of hell, right? Right? Praise God. And so that means that a liar is going to spend time in the same fire as the murderer. I know this is heavy today, but we need to catch this. Hallelujah. He says, listen, there is no hierarchy on our sin. All sin requires the same debt and wage, and that is death. Oh, but thank God. He gave us the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. With such harsh uh, commandment and determination, it seems like, wow, this seems too much. Hallelujah. It was too much. That's why Jesus died for all sins. Praise God. And that means that it doesn't matter if you're a liar or you're a murderer. Jesus died for your sins. It doesn't matter if you're a liar or you're a murderer. Jesus will forgive you of your sins. If you call, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Jesus will forgive you of your sins. If you call. Thank you, sister, me and. He says you need to prioritize loving God above all else. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. For this is the first and great commandment. He says, listen, loving me is more important than not murdering. Loving me is more important than not lying loving me is more important than any other commandment. Hallelujah. He says if you want to prioritize one thing, get love in your heart for me. Love me with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. Hallelujah. In this first, second lesson of this holiness series, let me tell you, if you want to be holy, hallelujah, W-H-O-L-L-Y. If you want to be holy, God, if God If you want to be holy in your lifestyle, this is where you begin. You get a love for God like none else. You love his commandments. You love his presence. You love his voice. You love his bride, the church. You love his minister. You love whatever connects you to God. Fall in love with him. Oh, would you clap your hands right now and tell the Lord how much you love him. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, I love you, God. Thank you, Jesus. You see, because he didn't say, thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and leave it at that. He says, I don't want you to have uh, only a, a limited amount of love for me. I want you to love me with all of thy heart. Your whole heart. With all of thy soul. Your whole soul. With all of thy mind. Your whole mind. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong in this place. He says, I want all of it from myself. Hallelujah. This is the most important commandment. That you would love me with your whole heart. The phrase, with all thy heart indicates the total being of a man in Hebrew thought and is part of the Shema, which is the Jewish confession of faith found in Deuteronomy and Numbers. Deuteronomy 6 and Numbers 15. Now, I included that because this is such an important passage of Scripture. Jesus quoted the Shema, which is considered to be the most important passage of Scripture in the Torah to the Jews. That's why the lawyer was stumped, because Jesus quoted the most important portion of Scripture according to the Jews. The lawyer couldn't say anything about it. So this means the Jews considered the Shema as the absolute confession of faith. If I were to say the Shema, then I was confessing my faith to God, and it was ultimate. So when Jesus taught this, he was saying, hallelujah, I think it's important that we all express this and say, I love the Lord with all of my heart, all of my soul, and all of my mind, So if the Jews consider those phrases as the most absolute confession of faith, and Jesus taught that it is the greatest commandment, then the greatest commandment that we should abide by in Scripture is to love God with our whole heart, our whole soul, and our whole mind. It may seem like I'm repeating myself, and I am. It's because I need this to punch itself inside of our minds and our skulls here today because it's so easy to go throughout the day and forget I need to give all of myself to God. I need to give all of my heart to God, all of my soul and all of my mind to God. Hallelujah. It is the greatest commandment. If you want to prioritize anything, prioritize loving God. If you want to prioritize anything, prioritize loving God. Second John chapter 2, think, I'm sorry, verse 6. There's no chapters in Second John. Verse 6, it says, and this is love that we walk after or according to. His commandments. So what does it mean to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind? Well, he's saying, this is how you do it. You walk according to my commandments. This is the commandment that as ye have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. Well, now what is he talking about here? From the beginning. This is John who wrote this book, Second John. He's also the author of the Gospel of John. From the beginning is Jesus referencing, or he's referencing the words of Jesus that he spoke in the Gospel of John. And we can see, this is what Jesus said from the beginning about love. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. If a man love me, he will keep my words. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. Oh, but if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. This is the commandment from the beginning. If you love me, do what I ask you to do. If you love me, keep my commandments. Don't mix it here and there. Don't decide to prioritize this or that. No, give me your whole heart. Give me your whole soul. Give me your whole mind. Hallelujah, love me by following my commandments because it's only when you keep my commandments that I know you love me. You want God to know you love him? Keep his commandments. Pursue his commandments. Follow after his commandments. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't know why this I felt so strongly today as I was studying for this. God put it in my heart and said, I'm gonna change somebody's life tonight. And I pray that somebody here would hear this and allow this to be applied to your heart. You say, I'm going to love God with all that I have and all that I am. I'm going to love him. The second, he said, greatest commandment is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. Today I'm talking about the great rope. I know he's talking about the great commandment. I'm going to use it as an example, the great rope. And if I could, but Brother William, how about you come help me? Can you come help me with something? We've looked at this in this kind of a fashion where we've said, murders worse than adultery adultery is worse than lying lying's worse than stealing i actually flipped put those on the wrong order there i figured but and maybe you have your own hierarchy maybe your past experiences have put some of this on over one of the others or maybe under it but whatever the case the fact is is we cannot prioritize our sin, right? He says the most important commandment is love because on love hangs all of the law and the prophets. Hallelujah. So this is not what it looks like. In fact, come here, buddy. In fact, this is what it looks like right here. Because if I love God, then there is no priority. If I love God, I'm not going to say, well, murdering is really bad. I can't do that. But I can lie. I'm not going to say that because I love God, right? And my love creates it to where every sin is something that I need to get rid of. Every sin means i got to kick it out of my life. Why? Not because one's worse than the other, but because I love God. And I don't want to do anything to hurt Him. I don't want to do anything that will offend Him. I don't want to do anything that will go against Him because the great rope is the priority here, right? And if I love Him... Praise God, then I will not do any of these things. Thank you, William. How about we give William a hand? Uh. Praise God, and the same is true for my brother. If I love my brother, I'm not going to murder him. <laughs> if I truly love my brother or my sister, I'm not going to lie to him. I'm not going to steal from him. These are the two most important and greatest commandments. Now, why is loving God the greatest commandment? Why did Jesus say it's first? He specifically said this is the first and greatest commandment. Why didn't he say that these are balanced? Why didn't he say the two most important or... Why did he actually say that loving God was more important than loving my brother? It's because loving my brother sometimes just isn't enough. And loving my brother can sometimes be very, very difficult, But if I can have a love for God in my heart, if I can lean on the great rope, which is the love of God, then it doesn't matter how difficult it is for me to love my brother. I'm not going to do those things to him because I love him. Praise God. So he says, first, I got to love God. That is an all-encompassing umbrella over sin. But second, as a secondary defense, I also also need to love my brother. As it turns out, God doesn't want you just to treat him right, but also to treat each other right. And today holiness includes living in harmony with God and with man. That's why our scripture text says to follow or pursue peace with all men, and holiness. Sometimes, again, we prioritize one over the other, but can I tell you, these both are essential for us to see the Lord. Amen. Now, I've had many people claim and and provide substitutes and say, well, you know, it doesn't matter that I'm not holy because look at all these holy people who are being nasty And have bad attitudes. Well, we can't say because people do not have peace that I shouldn't be holy. And the same is true on the other side. We can't excuse away the way we act toward other people because of our holiness, right? Just because I'm pursuing after God doesn't give me a license to be nasty or to be a jerk. (laughs) Am I right here today? Praise God. These are not substitutes. I can't decide to be holy or have peace. I got to decide to have both. Because our love for our brother and sister is an outgrowth of the love that God has shown us. 1 John chapter 4 verse 19. It says, "We love him because he first loved us." That's true, right? The only reason we haven't even have an opportunity to love God is because he first loved us, and he gave his life for us. The only reason we know God is because he loved us. The only reason we're saved is because he loved us. The only reason you're here tonight is because he loved you. Praise God. He loved you enough to bring you here. So without him loving me first, there's no way I could love him. But can I also tell you that this is meant to be a mirroring of his love. It is incomplete with just saying we love him because he first loved us. Yes, we received our love for Christ because of the love he first gave to us. But we also must receive a love for each other for the same reason. John chapter 13, verse 34. That's not it. John chapter 13, verse 34. I must have missed it. But it says this. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. So yes, I love him because he first loved me. But I also love you because he first loved me. Oh, praise God. If we start loving people not because of who they are or what they've done for us, and we started loving them because of who he is and what he's done for us, it will give us that peace that we're pursuing after. It'll change our lives, and it will change our relationships. I've got to learn to love like he loves. I've got to learn to mirror his love. For other people why because verse twenty first John chapter four verse twenty if a man say "I love God and hateth his brother he is a liar for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen how can he love God in whom he hath not seen verse twenty one And this commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God, love his brother also. If I love God, I've got to learn to love my brother. Hear me today. We can't separate these. If I want to be holy, then I need to love. If I want to be holy, then I need to love my brother and my sister James chapter two and verse eight and i'm I'm coming to a close very soon it says if ye fulfill that's not it praise God seems uh we're missing a, a couple things here again Praise the Lord. There we go. James chapter 2, verse 8. If you fulfill the royal love, what is the royal love? It's the golden rule. The royal law is the golden rule. According to Scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's the royal law or the golden rule. You do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Isn't that what we've been talking about? Isn't that what we said? You can't prioritize sin. If you break one law in one point, you're guilty of all of it. Verse 11, for he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. That's what he's saying. That's why he said this is the the royal law is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. He's saying the reason those are the royal law, it's because all of the law, every bit of it, must be abided by. I have to live according to the whole law. And the only way I can do that is if I have Devoted my whole heart, soul, and mind to God by love. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You have heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your neighbors or your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good Listen, if you want to be holy, you need to listen to this right here. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. If you want to be holy, would you grab a hold of that right there and say, listen, this is hard right here. But I gotta pursue holiness and I gotta pursue peace. I gotta intentionally love my enemies. Intentionally, I must bless them that curse me and do good to them that hate me. Pray for them that despitefully use and persecute me. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans do the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans do so? In other words, yeah, you can't be nice and happy to your church friends and then go out and be nasty to people in this world, right? Praise God, verse 48 Be ye therefore perfect. You see, I was always given this impression being perfect means I got to look a certain way, and I can't lust, and I can't steal, and I can't murder. He said, perfection, what perfection really looks like, it looks like forgiving. It looks like doing good to them who do wrong to me. It looks like praying for people who despitefully use me. If I want to be perfect like Him, then I must hang on the cross and be able to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If you want to be like Him, then we must learn how to love like Him, if we could stand today. One more passage of Scripture, First Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 12. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end, this is the reason he needs to to give you this love, that he may establish our hearts unblameable in holiness before God. I cannot be holy and not have things figured out with my friends and my family and those in this world. If I want my heart to be unblameable, if I want my heart to be holy gods, then I must have peace and holiness. Because even our Father, He's coming. The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all of His saints. He said, you've got to love because he's coming back. He's coming back, and you need to be unblameable. You need to be holy because he's coming back, and you need to be unblameable. Today, I want to present these two topics to you, that we would present ourselves holy and that we also would pursue peace. With all men. Is this okay today? Hallelujah. I'd love it if we could take a moment right now. Maybe if you want to come down and grab a hold of that great rope today of love and say, God, help me, Lord Jesus, to let this be the basis of everything I do for you and my brother, my sister, those out in this world. God, would you give me your love? God, would you help me to mirror your love? I want to invite you down to this altar. If we could spend just a couple of minutes right now. Maybe you've got people in your life you're struggling to love. Some people in your life that's done you wrong. Maybe there are experiences in your past that you've not forgiven yet. Or learned how to get past. Oh, I want you to come down right now and give it to the